Nobody asked you, Kevin! I wanna be your end game. I wanna be your first string. I wanna be your A team. I wanna be your end game. End game. Welcome to episode 11 of Nobody Asked You, Kevin. My name is Kevin, and I am your host on this rambling thing I call a podcast. I'm alive, I'm breathing, and pretty much tonight I only have a few things on the docket. So this episode might be a short one. Um, we'll see. Uh, the, there'll probably be a lot of rambling tonight, so we're going to talk some rock music. We're going to talk another about another one of my rules of life, Kevin's Rules of Life, number seven Uh, we'll talk just a bit about avengers endgame tickets and how it relates to number seven um a recent medical issue and i am just going to preface this with one day you wake up and all sorts of shit is wrong with you it's getting it's called getting old we all get old and it sucks and then we'll we'll finish up with uh, just talking a bit about the drugs ketamine and fentanyl, and then a general life gripe. So that's what's on the docket for today. Um, I've got my diet Dr Pepper with me, and I'm ready to go. The numbers all go to eleven. So recently I got to see um, the Black Moods and the Gin Blossoms. Um, so first starting with the Black Moods, I had never heard of them before. Um, I didn't, I never heard their music, wasn't very familiar with them at all obviously. Very familiar with Gin Blossoms as they were popular with when I was in junior high school, into, into high school, and their music pretty much holds a special place in my heart. Or my soul, if you if you will. It, I love their music. So, um, basically, starting the night, I parked myself on the rail as I try to do in any, any sort of smaller venue concert. I try to get up as close as possible. And if I didn't say it before, um, the show was at the Vogue Theater here in Indianapolis. Um, uh, I've seen several shows there in the past, uh, most notably probably Adelita's Way and Fozzie last fall, as well as Guar which I talked about my experience with Guar in episode 6 of this podcast and the episode's uh, called A Night of Bodily Fluids. So check that out if you haven't. It's a good listen. Um, and I just talk about Guar. So, and who doesn't like Guar? But back to, the, back to this concert. Um, a band named The Black Moods opened. And I'm, I'm going from memory. So um, this was back in February is when I really saw this concert. I've had several concerts since then, but we're just going to talk about the Black Moods and Gin Blossoms tonight. Um, Like I said, I wasn't familiar with the Black Moods at all. Um, And I kind of love this when I'm not familiar with a band and then I'm surprised by their performance and music when I see them live. Um, And I'll just say that the Black Moods did not disappoint at all. Um, They are a band out of Arizona and play just pure fun rock and roll. Um, it's a three-piece band, so you have your vocalist, your guitarist, um, vocalist and guitarist. He doubles as 
he plays both roles. Then you have a drummer and a bass player. Uh, just simple rock and roll. The Black Moods, I didn't know, but they have toured with Shine Down, Jane's Addiction, Eve Six, which I, who I didn't know was still around. But um, And then, of course, on this tour with the Gin Blossoms. So if you've never heard them before, um, here's a clip of the Black Moods performing a cover of Tom Petty's I Need to Know. Good stuff right there. I mean, I was highly, highly impressed by frontman and guitarist Josh Kennedy. His stage presence, his skills. Um, I, I had actually since then heard um, uh, one of their songs on uh, Sirius Octane uh, Radio um, called Belladonna. Um, I've heard it uh, several times on the channel. Uh, so here's just a clip of that. We'll play a clip of that, and because it's a really catchy song. And... Moods played eight or nine songs, but again, though, if you if you like fun rock and roll, just in your face rock and roll, go check out the Black Moods. You can find their music on YouTube, Spotify. You can buy it on Apple Music. Um, I highly recommend both of their studio albums, uh, self-titled 2012 release, and their 2016 album called Medicine. Uh, really fun stuff, really good stuff. So go listen to them. But of course. I think we all know who the Jim Blossoms are and why this concert happened. So um, if you lived through the 90s, I'm not sure how you wouldn't know who the Jim Blossoms are or were or are. Um, if you don't know who they are, they're an American rock band out of Arizona. Uh, they formed in the late 80s. Uh, their first major label album release was an album called New Miserable Experience which included the songs which you probably know, Hey Jealousy, 
until I fall away, found out about you, and Allison Road. The album itself was actually finished by the band amidst some sort of turmoil, as the main guitarist in the group um, and songwriter, Doug Hopkins, was fired near the end of the recording sessions. Um, he had a lot of problems with alcohol use at that point in time, um, and that was pretty much why he was fired. Um, uh, and then he actually committed suicide by gunshot in December of 93. Um, and he was actually in early stages of mental health treatment for alcoholism at the time when he committed suicide. So um, I, the Jim Blossoms followed up their new Miserable Experience album with a, another acclaimed album in 96, which was named Congratulations, I'm Sorry. Um, and that, that album contained the well-known songs Follow You Down, As Long As It Matters, Until I Hear It From You. Um, Until I Hear It From You was actually also on another album. It was on the soundtrack to the movie Empire Records. Um, and if you're not familiar with Empire Records, it's a movie that came out in 1995. Had a pretty good cast. Um, I, I still love the movie to this day. Um, it starred Anthea LaPaglia, Robin Tunney, Rory Cochran, Renee Zellweger, Ethan Embry, and even Liv Tyler. So... Back to the concert. Again, like I said, this is going to be some rambling tonight. But back to the concert. Uh, this was the new Miserable Experience tour. So Gin Blossoms played the entire new Miserable Experience album in its entirety, plus other songs. So the set list consisted of 19 songs, 12 of which were from the new Miserable Experience album. And, and like I said, I had a lot of fun during this concert. Uh, the music brought back a lot of memories, and I looked around. And when I, when I looked around the crowd, every everyone else was having so much fun. And and kind of a funny observation from the crowd, I really think I was the youngest person in the entire venue, which was kind of odd, um, a realization to me. But it does make some sense, as I said before. I was in junior high school when New Miserable Experience debuted, so I was just starting seventh grade. Um, so many of these people were in high school and a little bit older when, when that album came out. So they're going to be 5, 6, 7, 10, 15 years older. Um, so here's an audio clip of Found Out About You from the concert itself, from the live experience. So again, I had a great time. I mean, if, if these guys are ever in your area, go see them. Uh, brought back lots of memories from my youth. Um, and it, 
there's really just something about the Gin Blossoms music that makes me happy. And I, I said before, I love music that makes me happy. Love, 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 love it. Um, the, the music makes my head bob and makes me bob my head and, and just brings back good memories. It's nostalgic, I guess. Um, so that's that. I mean, on a related note, um, please check out my channel on YouTube. I started a YouTube channel. You can find it at under Forensic Talks Guy. Um, I've actually begun uploading clips of concerts that I've been to. Um, so far, I've uploaded a few Gin Blossoms clips, so go check it out. A couple of clips from the Black Moods. I've also managed to upload um, some clips from Dorothy and Spirit Animal, which I've covered in a previous episode. Um, currently going through a bunch of video clips that I have, seeing what other videos I can upload. I try to at least take a couple of clips, not full songs, but clips, um, every time I go to a concert, experience a new band, um, just so that I can get the live feel from the from the, the band and kind of remember what it's like. So um, I know there'll be some Guar clips up, up uploaded eventually, um, some Ice Nine Kills, some From Ashes to New, some Fozzy clips, some others to upload as well. But it'll take some time for me to get them there but I will get them there. And on that note, um, also check out my blog for a few pictures from the Black Moods and the Gin Blossoms concert. Uh, you can find it at dosemakespoison.blogspot.com or just search via Google for Dose Makes Poison blog. Um, uh, and I'll link to it in the show notes as well. Uh, I just took a few pictures here and there. Um, so check it out if you can. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow, and now you know about the facts of life. The facts of life. When the world never sees to believe in after your dreams, but suddenly you're finding out the facts of life are all about you. You. Now we come to the point where we're talking about Kevin's rules of life. We've already talked about um, Kevin's rules of life in a previous episode, and uh, we've talked about rule four, um, wash your fucking hands. Well, today we're talking about rule seven, and rule seven says, don't be that fucking guy by spoiling a movie. And I'm not going to rail about this one very long because it shouldn't require much description or much uh, rambling because it should be common sense. Um, and it, it goes, again, don't be that guy. Don't spoil a movie. Don't be that fucking guy by spoiling a movie. So don't spoil movies for people. And let me repeat. I'm going to keep repeating this because people have problems understanding this. Do not spoil movies for people. Um, this is especially important right now because Avengers Endgame is about to come out in about 15 days or so. So Endgame is pretty much, I mean, as you know, if you're a superhero fan, if you're a movie fan in general, Endgame is an, a culmination, an ending point of 20, 21, 22 movies over the last 11 years or so. 
spoilers are, are spoilers are being kind of held to the really close to the chest things aren't being let out we've seen a few trailers here and there it doesn't really they haven't really shown a lot regarding storylines regarding what's actually going to happen in the movie so if you somehow stumble across something that might show what happens in Endgame or any other movie in general but specifically Endgame please do not spoil the fucking movie we do not do that do not spoil the movie and again for emphasis I'm going to say do not spoil the movie snitches get stitches and spoilers get throat punches you don't want to be throat punched don't spoil a movie and that's the bottom line why because those stone cold said so thank you very much you son of a bitch i've got to talk about something that it's personal um i it's kind of something that's been happening in my life lately um uh, it's something that happened recently and i mean i almost died no, I did not almost die. That is completely made up by me. Um, but I did have to make a trip to the emergency room uh, a while back. Um, and if you don't know me well, you probably don't know that I've had esophageal issues since I was a teenager, young adult. Uh, I seem to have sometimes have difficulty swallowing food. And I have had to have esophageal dilation in the past to help with this. Well, the problem has worsened over the past few years, and it's really escalated over the last year or so. Um, at first, I was having issues with eating things like chicken or steak, you know, the, the rougher, tougher foods. Um, but well over the last year, again, I, I've had issues with eating chicken, steak, pork, tacos, spaghetti, coleslaw I mean fucking coleslaw salad and some other things basically what'll happen is I'll eat food and I'll I'll immediately feel it get stuck in my esophagus like it'll just sit there and be stuck and won't move and it, it's really a terrible terrible feeling um, and one I would not want wish upon anyone well maybe Donald Trump but other than that no one else um, it's a terrible feeling, and, and this may might be too much information, um, TMI, but in order to clear what is essentially an obstruction in my esophagus, because you'll, I have to drink a bunch of fluid and try to force it down. So basically drink a bunch of liquid, try to force that um, obstruction down, and if it doesn't go down, well, then you kind of have to force yourself to eject it the other way, which isn't fun. And it hurts. It isn't fun, and it hurts, and it, it isn't fun. So, why am I talking about this? Well, it happened again a while back. Um, like I said, I was um, I was out at Chick Fil A with the kid, and I was enjoying my nice spicy chicken sandwich, um, like I always do when I go there. And then all of a sudden, I felt that obstruction form. Um, so. We packed up and we left and we did our normal routine because we have a routine when it happens when this stuff happens the kid knows that uh, I got an obstruction and he calls he says I'm choking but it's not necessarily I'm not choking because it's not my it's not a tracheal uh, obstruction I can breathe but I just cannot swallow food and pass food so we packed up and left and, and went home 
and I tried to clear it myself, and I really thought I did, and I was fine the rest of the night, and I actually slept pretty good, but then when I woke up the next morning to get ready to go to work, and I took a drink of water, and then I was like, oh shit, it won't pass. Water would not pass down my esophagus. So um, I kept thinking to myself, water will not go down. And then what's bad is saliva starts backing up, which is even worse because now I can't even swallow my own spit. So I have to keep spitting it out over and over as it builds up. So after that, we determined pretty quickly I needed to go to the emergency room because I couldn't take care of it. And, and when you can't even swallow your own saliva, you know you have some big problems going on. Um, so get to the ER, get checked out, and it was determined I would need to have my esophagus scoped and the obstruction removed in the ER. Um, so they sedated me, so yay to midazolam and mepiridine. They still do their job wonderfully. They're old drugs, but they do the, the job wonderfully. And then the next thing I knew, I was waking up. The doc shredded the obstruction that was in there, which was a piece of chicken because I was eating a Chick-fil-A. And then um, that after that obstruction was shredded, it moved down my esophagus. So I had no more obstruction, and I felt great. Um, ultimately, they did a biopsy on my, on, on my esophagus, and they diagnosed me with eosinophilic esophagitis, which ultimately is an allergic inflammatory condition of the esophagus that involves a, t a specific type of white blood cell called an eosinophil. Um, and what ultimately they believe it's some sort of food allergy of some sort that may play a significant role in the condition. Because basically what happens is white blood cells, these eosinophils, infiltrate the epithelial lining of the esophagus. And, um, and keep in mind that the eosinophils release these chemical signals which then inflame surrounding tissues of the esophagus, which can lead to a structuring or narrowing of the esophagus. So symptoms of this include difficulty swallowing. Check, I got that. Food impaction. Check, I got that. Vomiting. Check, I've got that. And heartburn. Check. That's a normal condition for me. So, as of right now, the treatment is to take 40 milligrams of omeprazole, so Prilosec, a proton pump inhibitor, um, daily. Um, most likely undergo some sort of potential allergy testing. Um, have regular dilations of my esophagus, also known as an EGD with dilation. Um, and then, um, Potentially, and what I'm doing now is kind of the food elimination diet, or at least trying to um, eliminate milk, eliminate soy, eliminate um, other um, potential allergens for a month, two months, and then slowly introduce them back in and see if I have any sort of other um, events. Um, so, long story short, it's not fun getting old, and that's what's happening in Kevin's health world as of right now. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. So drugs. Deal with drugs every day in my work. Um, and I like to keep up with what's in the news. Um, ketamine has been in the news, people. Um, 
ketamine is an old drug. So what is ketamine? Um, without going into some large soliloquy about it, um, ketamine was a drug that was first discovered in the 60s, I believe 62, tested in humans in 64, and approved for use in the United States in 1970. Um, it um, typically is used in medicine as like to as a starting to start and maintain anesthesia to use for chronic pain and sedation in intensive care as well. Um, it's also used in the treatment of post-operative pain management. Um, so um, it was used extensively in Vietnam uh, for surgical anesthesia and it's on the World Health Organization, WHO, their list of essential medicines. So it's a very important medicine. But as all medicines at least seem to be abused in some form, um, ketamine is no different. Um, it can be used recreationally for its hallucinogenic effects. Um, I, ketamine, the way it works, it's a selective antagonist of the NMDA receptor, which is a short way of saying N-methyldeaspartate receptor. Um, and that antagonism is thought to be responsible for all of its properties, the anesthetic properties of the drug, the amnesic properties, the dissociative properties, and the hallucinogenic effects of ketamine as well. So that's ketamine. But why is it in the news? Why are we talking about it? Who cares on this podcast? Well, ketamine has supposedly been found to be a rapid acting antidepressant in depression, such as major depressive, depressive disorder, treatment resistant depression, and bipolar depression. Um, ketamine itself has not been approved for use as an antidepressant but it's been in, used intravenously, so IV, to treat people with depression off-label. Uh, and more recently, last month, March 5th to be um, specific, uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, approved a formulation of ketamine called Spravato, which is made of the S enantiomer of ketamine, named S-ketamine, for use as an antidepressant. So it's used in conjunction, in conjunction with other oral antidepressants, uh, and it's a nasal spray. So you, and it's to be used in the treatment of uh, treatment-resistant depression. Um, it looks like it's going to be a really costly treatment, and that's the real kicker for this. Um, it was the S in antimer, uh, racemic ketamine. So R and S in antimers of ketamine together a racemic mixture dirt cheap dirt cheap on the market you can buy lots of racemic ketamine for cheap but S-ketamine is now going to at least this is what is being reported the first month of treatment and it's a twice weekly treatment so it's really two treatments every week the first month of treatment it's said to cost between $4,700 and $6,800 so, and then subsequent weekly treatments will cost about half of that. So it's still goddamn expensive. But I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer about this. Um, I think it's important. It's, a, it's, it's an important thing to pay attention to. It's an important thing to see how it shakes out. Um, I wish it wasn't so damn costly. I mean, I'll, keep, I'll definitely be keeping a watch of this. But, um, uh, but again, ketamine has been approved for use in a nasal spray as a medicine to treat 
depression in the United States. I think it's a good move. We'll see. And okay. The next thing I want to talk about in this segment is fentanyl. I've talked about fentanyl before back in the episode I did um, as I am a forensic toxicologist, ask me anything AMA, uh, where I took some questions. Um, so basically what's been going on is I the questions that I answered in, in that um, episode were surrounding fentanyl and kind of exposures to um, law enforcement officials, to first responders, to EMTs in the field. So what what you see in the media is that an officer will go to um, the scene and revive somebody or, or an EMT will revive somebody. Um, they'll have a syringe or a powder on them or an officer stops a, a car and there's a powder found in the car or a pill the officer searches the car, they get the powder on them, they then freak the hell out because I've got a powder on me, it's possibly fentanyl because pretty much these days when you, I, I joke about it, but I mean it's not really a laughing matter, but um, people think every unidentified white powder is fentanyl. Um, but I probably should back up a little bit, okay? Um, fentanyl is a drug that is pharmaceutically used in hospitals every day. Um, it's used in anesthesia, it's used for pain control, it's used for breakthrough pain. Um, pharmaceutically, it's available as a, like a transdermal patch. It's called duragesic. Um, it's a transdermal patch, uh, which releases drug over time to, via your skin, via, through the skin. Um, and then it's available as like a um, um, lollipop for breakthrough pain um, and then there's a it's a transmucosal and then you um, it's also available I believe as a buccal tablet and of course IV injection hospital um, for sedation and that sort of thing um, but it's a pharmaceutical drug used every single day in a hospital handled by nurses and doctors and all sorts of people. It's handled well. It's handled easily with no injuries and no deaths and no overdoses. Um, so fentanyl over the last several years has um, shown up on the street as illicitly manufactured fentanyl. Um, illicitly manufactured fentanyl means what it is. It's fentanyl of a non-pharmaceutical origin. Um, and it's really easy to make if you know your organic chemistry. Um, and you can synthesize. You just need a couple of reagents, uh, starting point, something called 4-AMPP, and I'm not going to get into this specifically because I do not want anybody making fentanyl out there. Um, please don't do that. It's not good for you. Please don't. But um, uh, it's really easy to make if you know your chemistry. Um, but it's showing up on the street, and it's invaded the heroin supply basically in the last several years. Um, so to the point of, if you think, and I mean you, whoever's out there is, has, I mean, if you're using heroin, whatever, but if you think you're using heroin, there is a very good chance you are using fentanyl. 
and when I say illicitly manufactured fentanyl. So long story short, people that have a heroin or an unknown white powder um, uh, in their car, police officer stops them. With the information that they have, they think it's fentanyl. Well, what do you do when you have a very potent drug? Because fentanyl is very potent. It's, it's, it's considered to be several times more potent than some like, so you're saying like 100 times more potent as an analgesic than something like morphine. Um, so it's a very potent drug. Um, and it can lead to, it's a mute opioid receptor agonist, much like morphine and, and codeine and oxycodone and, and hydrocodone and all of those opioid and opiate drugs. Um, but it can lead to very significant uh, respiratory depression, central nervous system depression, and um, leading to, I mean, basically apnea and hypoxia. Um, I, so, again, I, I, I said this was going to be rambling tonight, and it is kind of rambling, but um, I, it's showing up in street heroin. So an officer sees there's a white powder, and they think it's fentanyl. Good chance it could be, but no one knows until it's tested in a lab what it is. So officer touches a pill, gets a powder on their skin, they freak out. They panic. They, oh no, I've got fentanyl on me. Holy shit, I'm going to die. And they work themselves up into a panic. They become sweaty. They mean diaphoretic. They sweat. They um, start to hyperventilate. They become dizzy. They get themselves worked up. Um, and then because they think they're touching the drug they think they're over they can overdose from the drug um, and that's not the way this happens you're not going to overdose or be affected by a drug like fentanyl if it gets on your skin if you inject it intravenously yes you will be affected by that if you snort it like intranasal snorting like you will be affected. If you consume it orally, you will be affected. You eat it. You consume it. You inject it intramuscularly. You will be affected. If you inhale it or smoke it, you will be affected. But if you get it on your skin, you will not be affected. I say this time and time again. If you are in the field as a, a emergency personnel, as EMS, EMT, first responder, police officer, law enforcement officer, fire department, whatever your job is, and again, I thank you, uh, thank you for your job because those are important jobs in the field, um, life-saving jobs. But if you are in the field and you get a powder on your skin. All you have to do is find a sink, wash the affected area with soap and water, and go on about your day. Live happily ever after. Um, these people are not overdosing from this. And you'll see news reports, and that's why I began brambling about this, is because there have been many news reports in the media 
regarding an officer ex is exposed secondarily or, or uh, passively exposed to a powder or a pill or they see it and they start to freak out um, that's not going to happen um, in the New York Times um, and uh, I even believe Stat News covered this as well that there was a there was a great article the op-ed um, board of the New York Times came out a few days ago and basically came out hard on it and said this is not going to happen so I was glad to see that and I'll link to that story in the show notes because I think everybody in the field should read that um, you are not going to overdose or feel any effects from fentanyl or even if an analog like carfentanil or furanyl fentanyl or 3-methylfentanyl or any of those other weird analogs or anything from getting it on your skin. Inhaling it's a little bit of a different story. Um, you're going to have to actively inhale it um, to get it in your I mean, so if there's a bunch of fentanyl flying around in the air, number one, it's hard to aerosolize. Um, not a lot of it aerosolizes. I mean, it can, but it, it's going to be difficult to do. So as long as you're not, I mean, walking around and just and I hate to say this because it'll be taken out of context, but clouds of fentanyl, you've seen that being reported before. I mean, as long as the air, there's just not a bunch of fentanyl flying around in the air like powder, and you're not actively walking around and trying to snort it, you'll be fine. So again, kudos to the New York Times for once in my life um, and their op-ed team. They covered that. It was a fantastic article. Um, and my my whole I'm a toxicologist, forensic toxicologist. We deal with fentanyl every day. I've held powdered fentanyl in my hands. Obviously, I'm still alive. Um, I'm here rambling to you. I'm still alive. Um, you might want me dead right now, but I'm alive, and um, it's it's not going to happen. So um, if you see this stuff in the media. I mean, it grind. I mean, grinds my gears. It makes me, it pisses me off. But we should always take time to try to correct the record. And this is kind of another correcting of the record. Um, you cannot overdose from fentanyl by getting powder or pill on your skin. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't work that way. So thank you for coming to my TED Talk on fentanyl exposure. Kind of on a side note, um, I've been traveling a lot for work lately. Um, I had to go up to Michigan State for a, a, a seminar and I had to go to a conference in Cleveland. And, and while I can't get into anything really specific here, because obviously this is not, I, I've said it before, and this is not a work-related podcast, and I kind of don't want to get anything specific anyways, and I can't, and I'm not going to, but I just wanted to say this, and this is kind of a tangent, but like I said, I'm rambling a lot. Sorry, not sorry. But if, if you're given an allotted time to speak, if you're allotted time to give a seminar, a presentation, a talk, whatever you want to call it, do not go over your time limit. Do not. I see this way too far often. 
it's inconsiderate of the audience to go over your time. If you're given 20 minutes, don't take 25. If you're given 15, don't take 20. Don't take 19. Don't take 18. Don't give 17. Don't give 16. Take 15 or less. Um, it's really, like I said, it's inconsiderate of the audience. And it's really inconsiderate of the other speakers on the agenda. If you have an additional speaker to following you, it's really inconsiderate to go over your time. Uh, you should always work on um, practicing your talks and your presentations to make sure they fit within the time limit. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. And on that note, if you're a moderator in this circumstance, if you're moderating a panel or moderating a seminar or moderating a series of talks, take control of your speakers. Maintain that control. Do not let people go over their allotted time frames. Um, uh, it's pretty disrespectful when that happens. So thank you again. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk on uh, uh, seminar speaking times. Don't come, don't don't go over. It's not good. So um, the last thing I have to say, I mean, like I said, this is going to be a pretty short show today. Um, but the last thing I have to say is kind of, I've got a couple of thoughts on some upcoming shows or upcoming topics that I want to kind of talk about. Um, so I'm going to float this out there. And if you're interested, if you're listening to this podcast, and you're still listening, 38, 40, 45 minutes in, whatever this is. Um, do, do, do I have any theme park and roller coaster enthusiasts out there listening? I kind of want to do a podcast about, a podcast episode about theme parks, roller coasters, um, your memories, your first memories, your favorite roller coasters or theme park attractions. Um, mainly because I'm a amusement park, theme park enthusiast. I love roller coasters. Um, what are what's your favorite foods in an amusement park? What do you hate about amusement parks? We could rail about some of that stuff all the time. Um, do you have any crazy stories about your times in an amusement park? Have you ever worked in an amusement park? Um, do you have any future plans to go to any specific parks? Um, I want to talk to you. I want to get a group of people and talk to you. Have several people on um, and talk to you about theme parks and attractions and roller coasters and that sort of thing. So if you're interested please contact me, whether it's email or Twitter or Facebook or however you can get a hold of me. If you want to come on, you want to talk about amusement parks and theme parks, contact me. We'll make it happen. So with that, that's all I've really got today. Um, uh, we talked about some sort of rock music. We talked about black moods and gin blossoms. We, we quickly talked about rule number seven, which I'm going to say it again, because rule number seven is important, especially right now. Rule number seven, don't be that fucking guy by spoiling a movie. It's not cool, people. Don't spoil movies. We talked about spoiling Endgame. Um, don't do it. It's coming up. We're about 14, 15 days from it. Um, Talked about falling apart in my health issues. Talked about ketamine and fentanyl. Um, all of that. So, um, really, that's all I've got to say tonight. Um, if you do want to contact the show, um, 
You can contact me via Gmail, email at nobodyaskedyoukevin at gmail.com or on Twitter at ForensicTalksGuy or via Facebook at the Nobody Asked You Kevin Facebook page. Um, please, if you can, leave an iTunes review on Apple Music. Um, if you hate it, leave me a review. Tell me why you hate it. If you think it's good, leave me a review. If you love it, leave me a review. I'm, I'm soliciting reviews. I, I have no shame. So I am soliciting iTunes reviews. Please leave them. It helps me out tremendously. Let's me know if I'm doing a decent job or if I'm doing a sucky ass job. So again, leave an iTunes review if you can. At least give me a star review. You don't have to write anything. So with that, that's all I've got. Um, after this episode, the next episode will be another episode of Somebody Had to Ask with a special guest. Uh, so look for that coming up. Um, and if you want to come on and talk about amusement parks and roller coasters, uh, give me a shout. Uh, with that, that's all I've really got to say. Um, dodge those endgame spoilers, people. You don't want throat punched. Keep your stick on the ice. Peace. Peace.